Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode of Screen Talk Emmy Edition is sponsored by the Amazon original series, The Man in the High Castle. From executive producer Ridley Scott and winner of two Emmy Awards, Deadline says that season two unabashedly flies flags to new heights. And The Atlantic raves, the world of the show is more vividly drawn than ever and more stylishly rendered. Be provocative. Consider The Man in the High Castle, an Amazon original series in all categories. We are going back to Screen Talk Emmy Edition. I'm Ann Thompson, editor-at-large at at IndieWire, and Michael Schneider is here with me, the podcast king. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that, but... uh, He's he's our executive editor at IndieWire and in charge of all things television, and he's the one who knows... What's really going on with the Emmys? I just got back from Cannes. I am doing some interviews, and I'm paying attention, and I'm going to be participating in our Emmy coverage. But Michael is the expert, and I'm going to ask him to tell us what some of the question marks are this year, some of the shows that are a little bit on the cusp. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll go into detail in the coming weeks on this. So, we'll kind of just like give an overview, a little bit of a taste, a what do you call it? A a a, a frisson. A mouche bouche? <laughs> Is that how you say it? An appetizer. An appetizer, a poo-poo platter. <laughs> As it were. It won't be poo-poo. So, but uh, P-U-P-U, of course. Uh, that's that's my Hawaiian showing. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting year for the Emmys. By the way, uh, welcome back. I can't believe we're already talking Emmys again, but that's how this cycle goes. It really is never-ending. Well, know. especially this. I mean, the, you look back at the Oscars, and, they, you know, I'm very familiar with that calendar, how long it takes to get from point A to point B to point C, and then you're done. This one goes on all summer long. Well, and television never ends. As we know, uh, you know, TV season, uh, award season also includes the film t- uh, award season because you've got the Golden Globes, you've got Critics' Choice, you've got SAG, uh, you've got WGA. All of those award shows include Have television. Have this. But I, I asked that question last year, and I'm going to ask it again. How much impact do they really have? I mean, part of what goes on in television, there's two things. One, so many shows are familiar. They've already been part of the conversation, so it's sort of like old news. How do you get excited about family matters one more time? You family know? matters. That's an interesting <laughs> grab. That's the one. That's the one wow. they just used to get every year, one year after the other. You know, and and then and then you have and then you have the the, the question of new shows, and that's what I get more excited about is that there are some new candidates. Right, right, and and every year we talk about the fact that Emmys stubbornly does not have a new show category and every year we say they need that that that's probably that that, that could be the most exciting category where it's only new shows 
competing against each other. And especially in this age of, you know, Netflix throwing on new show after new show and, and the, the, the premium cable networks and, and even broadcast, I think it'd be much more exciting now. And, and the TV Academy resists for whatever reason, but yet they continue to add other categories. This year, the big news is they really expanded the digital categories, the, the short form categories, um, which isn't sexy to tell you the truth. It's not as exciting. People aren't going to be talking about it, but it's a big deal in that world because up until now, for the most part, and I know we're jumping all over the place it's here, fine. but um, up until now, those short form categories really have been dominated by almost the marketing arms of popular TV shows. So, hey, here's a little webisode of the show that you love that's on NBC. Here are a couple of webisodes for you. That's the stuff that gets nominated, the, you know, the, the, the Jimmy Fallon stuff and, and a lot of things that we're familiar with. Meanwhile, the people who are actually creating original content for short form for YouTube, for uh, you know, Awesomeness TV, for, for a lot of these platforms are, have been shut out. The hope is this year with all these new categories, they'll finally get recognized. I approve and, of that. And, yeah, and some of those short forms that, you know, uh, the kids are watching, the millennials are watching, I'm not necessarily paying attention to, but now I kind of have to. Uh, maybe some of that stuff will start to get recognized a little bit more. I think the thing that really disturbs me is that you just end up, as I said before, you're getting more repeats, more of same, when in fact what the Emmys could be doing is providing a kind of curation, a culling, a, a way of, of letting people know about the shows that maybe they haven't caught up with yet yeah. that are worth seeing. Well, yeah, I think the one of the things that you hit on there is that the TV Academy and Emmys, uh, they've struggled to keep up with peak TV with this era of so much content. Now, back in the day where, you know, you had great shows year after year that got the award. It was just award. the networks it made, and, and just made, a few cable shows. Yeah, and it made sense because you only had maybe one or two really solid new shows come on that were worthy of awards. So, of course, Cheers was going to get the award or Frasier was going to get the award year after year because it deserved it, and there wasn't a lot of competition anyway. Uh, the other shows that deserved it were nominated, and then you may might have one or two shows that didn't deserve it, but it got nominated because there just weren't many there options. There wasn't enough. Now there's too much. Now there's too much. And yeah. too much cable. I mean, basically the networks are being ignored for the most part. Yeah, and that's that's what I wrote about in my column this week, is, thank you for teeing me up, Anne, is uh, you, know, you have these mega producers, Shonda Rhimes, Chuck yeah. Lorre, Greg Berlanti. They don't get bigger than those three right now. They own prime time. Greg Berlanti is going to have 10 shows on the air this fall. That's that's the definition of an Uber producer. And yet he's been nominated once in his entire career. And that was for a cable show that he did for USA that didn't last long because it was uh, it was much more of a cerebral show. It wasn't really the kind of show that USA generally thrived on back in the day. Uh, so all those great shows that he does from, from the comic book perspective that do very well, that are actually really good shows. Arrow, The Flash, really good shows, but those aren't the kind of shows that get nominated. So so he's out of the mix. Shonda Rhimes does some really great shows. Grey's Anatomy is on the air for, it's 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 in its 13th season, going on 14th season. What about the Viola Davis, How to Get Away with Murder? She got, she she won. She she did win an Emmy, but I was, but, but not the show but itself. But Shonda doesn't get an Emmy. I see. So Shonda herself does not have an Emmy on her mantle. 
I mean, wow, that's come on, shocking. What? Chuck Lorre doesn't have an Emmy on his mantle. One of the most successful comedy producers of all time. But you can see this is about awards. It's the same thing as the Oscars. It's about class. It's becoming much more like the Oscars, whereas it didn't used to be about class at the Emmys because there was no class system. <laughs> <laughs> now, or, well, that's why HBO used to you know, own it for so long. But now you have Netflix literally erecting an installation. It's like a gallery uh, play. And it's so smart what they did. Yeah. They, 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 they're right across from the Academy, so they can throw the, the screenings over there. Then everybody sort of trips across and, and gets to, you know, participates in Q&As and everything. But the, the opening night of this thing, there, there were like 10 different galleries in yeah. this museum to Netflix, which is there solely for the purpose of selling the Emmy voters yeah. on the shows. Amazon did the exact same thing at the uh, the, the Hollywood Athletic Club uh, about a month earlier, where again, smaller, um, it was pretty big. Hmm. I gotta say, it, it, it took over. You know, they they had different rooms, and it was pretty elaborate. Where they painstakingly put together like a real big exhibit to Man in the High Castle. Every room was themed uh, based on a different show. Uh, you know, really like wonderfully set designed. Uh, again, I don't know what they kind can of afford it. impact that has, but you're right, they can afford it, and so. They've changed the game in the way that even HBO now is looking at them and like, how? What the hell? You're, but like, they're disruptors. Look at what kind of money you're spending. And people used to say the same thing about HBO, the ridiculous it's amount true. of money that HBO spent. Now that looks like pennies compared to what Netflix and Amazon are spending. So no, Because every other night there's another what they call FYC uh, event, and they they do F-Y-S-E-E, um, and they bring in the whole the whole schmagilla to, to, you know, it's, look, I mean, even 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 uh, even can has television now uh, as as television takes over the world. Right, right. Well, can still kicking and screaming because they, they still refuse. <laughs> They're still to, booing Netflix. Yeah, and yeah, and they can't quite admit that uh, Twin Peaks or Top of the Lake are, are actually TV shows. Well, They're just directed really by long, auteurs. Yeah, really long movies. <laughs> In the case of Twin Peaks, even David Lynch, God bless David Lynch, but even he refuses to call it a TV show. He calls it an eighteen part movie. Fine. <laughs> if that's what you want it to be, but come on, who are you fooling? It's 18 episodes. There's no shame in calling Twin Peaks a TV show. All right, let's look at Twin Peaks. I'm just catching up with it myself. It's four episodes in. I've seen two. I'm totally wowed. I'm back in a very familiar, uncomfortable place, which mm-hmm. is fine. Does this show have a prayer in the world? Well, the, the, the problem with the timing of Twin Peaks is it's not eligible for the Emmys this year. So it'll be eligible for next year. What's the, so the cutoff date is when? May 31st. So so it won't be eligible this year. Um, will will people remember it by next year? That's a good question. But, you know, that's a long time away when, when uh, by, the, by the time campaigning starts, uh, it'll have been off the air since September. Uh, so it really depends on what the ultimate feeling is. Once people really digest all 18 episodes, we'll see if people are still talking about it for, for Emmys 2018. Um, so that means that there's some other shows that haven't made the cutoff, including... Now, did, well, the now big I one. thought Bloodline made the cutoff. 
Uh, Bloodline, yeah, because you, they got in there early enough. Because you drop all those. The good news for Netflix shows is that they all drop at once, so they can really drop those at the very last minute, and they're still eligible. Uh, the big one that is not eligible this year, of course, is Game of Thrones, since yeah. it's not back until the summer. And Top of the Lake won't come back until September. The right. other one that was in Cannes, right, right, which so I both, loved. By both, the way, both Cannes series aren't eligible this year, so there'll be a distant uh, Cannes memory by the time they're actually eligible. But um, uh, yeah, I love the first Top of the Lake. I haven't had a chance to watch uh, China Girl yet, but uh, looks looks to be pretty fantastic. Um, but. Without Game of Thrones, this is this this opens the door uh, for for another uh, drama for the Crown, <laughs> perhaps. I will put my money down right now, all of my money, all in. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm all in on the Crown. It feels like just the perfect storm of everything that awards watchers would want. It, not only every single below-the-line category that you can come up with, costumes, production design, uh, you know, sets and, and cinematography. It's just so well-written and directed and acted on every level. It is a crowd-pleaser. It could be a case where ultimately people see The Crown and they say, that's prestige, I'm going to vote for it, even though I didn't really have a chance to watch it. But I think there, there's, there's still a question of, it didn't have quite the kind of buzz. You, know, you can tell when the Netflix show has some real buzz, like Stranger Things and more recently, 13 Reasons Why. That's that's and, that's buzz with the popular audience. Yeah. This is This is more high-end. Buzz. I mean, right. within which is why it within could, the HBO universe, I would say yeah. that's where it rested in that yeah in that high end quality yeah. universe. Yeah, it's a real. That's that's a hard one. That's a real hard one because I almost you know going back to that Netflix uh, uh, display that they have. Do you remember what they did for the Crown? No. Ah, it, costumes. They did costumes. They which is their mistake in, yeah. on the marketing side. They they did the wedding gown, but everybody at that, at that thing responded to the wedding gown. I suppose, but when I saw people, you know, the whole reason why Netflix did that was basically for selfies. Like all I saw were people taking selfies in front of of things. But you Not know, they're the crown. No. Yeah, well, exactly. They were taking, and these were voters. It was Stranger they Things. They were taking selfies in front of Stranger Things. They're taking uh, uh, selfies in front of Kimmy like Schmidt. Yeah, Black Mirror. Like you know, some some of the more interesting, like uh, uh, Master and Nun. I didn't feel the same way about the Crown. Now that doesn't mean that it's not. I don't not think the... that's how we can judge it. Though. I know, but I, but that's interesting to me that it's so obvious to me that it's. Of course, I do bring my Oscar instincts with me. Uh, I know that, but I, I I'm surprised that you're not all in on it too. Well, I think the big spoiler this year could be This Is Us. That could be the show that, uh, you know, people just really emotionally responded to that show. And it could be the show that gets Broadcast Network back in the game, uh, at least on the drama side. What about the Kiefer Sutherland show? Oh, Designated Survivor. Yeah, this, this one. Yeah, you know, that... That that's one, more of a normal, yeah. That, that's kind, kind of, of a, show. yeah, it, and it's gone through several showrunners. It's it's ratings it's wise, good, it's done well, and 
It's a fine it's show. It's timely. It's timely, but... It's resonant. I don't think it's creatively quite got to that level just yet and doesn't quite have the same kind of buzz. So Kiefer, because uh, the Academy loves Kiefer. There so you go. there's a good shot Acting. Kiefer gets a, okay. gets a nomination. So what about Billions, my favorite show? <laughs> I love you some I, Billions, I huh? just love, and I, I eat it up for breakfast. I, could, I kept up with it. I never got behind. I just adore the show. I love Asia Kate Dillon, who's the new non-binary actor right. uh, going for the best supporting actor uh, thing. Um, but it uh, honestly, it's the four leads who are super sharp in this show, and they got nothing last year. Yeah, well, I got to say, uh, there, it's rare to see a show sort of spark in in pop culture interest and buzz in, in a second year. But I feel like the Americans billions, did it. I feel like billions did as well. Um, yeah, and it took it took the Americans quite a few years to finally get it uh, get noticed by the Emmys, and that could be the case with Billions as well. I don't know if that means that season two it finally gets on the map. I think actually the the Asia K Dylan news helps. I because think it pushed the show because it got a lot of coverage. It got a lot of coverage. Attention. And the women on the show are very strong. There's so, a lot of gender dynamics that are interesting on that show. Yeah. So I, th- I think I think it's got a better shot this year than it did last but year. Really, Paul Giamatti and Damian Lewis are so good at yeah, it. And Maggie Siff, too. They're all strong names and, and all favorites uh, among voters. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some some real Emmy love this year for that show. So House of Cards debuts tonight this season, or it's out there now. So just, today. again, squeaking under the wire. <laughs> under the wire. So that's something that a, a linear cable network or broadcast network could not, do. could not do, but Netflix manages to squeeze it right in. Have um, you had a chance to look at some of the episodes? I haven't had a chance yet. Me neither. So um, I'm going to start binging now. But uh, you know, again, those those actors are uh, you know favorites among the Academy. So and especially this year, given the political environment, and that's something we'll we'll talk about uh, both in future uh, episodes of this, but also in our columns at IndieWire.com is uh, how the political environment might impact this year's awards. Uh, that was a column that I actually wrote last week uh, for for IndieWire was how it's going to impact the talk show race. Uh, it could uh, be Oh, yeah, talk about that. That's really interesting yeah, because, be. of course, they've all of the liberal talk show hosts that are slamming uh, Donald Trump weekly, nightly, you know, all the time, 24-7, because of all the viral stuff that goes out. And poor old Jimmy Fallon is like the odd man out. Well, yeah, what a difference a year makes, right? Last year, uh, Colbert was not nominated. Samantha B not nominated. Um, John Oliver John went Oliver, through and won. He won, so they, he, but he was actually the, the outlier. Uh, the rest of the nominees were pretty much of Jimmy the, Kimmel. The, the Jimmy Fallon, uh, uh, James Corbett. Gordon was nominated. Mm. It was much more of a fun, lighthearted year. But, of course, everything's changed this year, and the heat is on Colbert. Colbert. The, and has the just heat, taken off. Yeah, and on Samantha B. And uh, even uh, Seth Trevor Myers, Noah. Trevor right? Noah. Trevor Noah, who was not nominated last year. Daily Show not nominated, even though that was a show under Jon Stewart that won you know, for 12 years or however long. Uh, Noah was not nominated last year, but... There's so much heat on him this year that you could see a big shift in who's nominated this year. If you get Trevor Noah, if you get Samantha Bee, you get Colbert, uh, you get John Oliver's return. It could be a very political race this year um, where you have you know all these folks who are at the top of their game as they take on the current administration. That's exciting. That's could be exciting. could be a really interesting race. 
So, what happened to Homeland this year? Um, it, it's one of my favorite shows, and I started watching it. Now, this is you know true confessions. I'm going to finish it. Okay. I promise. I will catch up. I'm I'm way behind on so many things. So, well, yeah, there's so much but TV. I, usually, I keep up with Homeland. Yeah, and something happened this time. Well. <clears throat> It's interesting. I feel like Homeland was polarizing this year, and I'm a little surprised by it because I I still enjoyed it. It was it was a fun ride. It was uh, you know Homeland. Uh, frustratingly, I think for a lot of fans, is a slow burn. The first half of the year usually they're they're setting the the second half into motion. So uh, there are some episodes where not a lot happens, but they're leaving those little threads there so that the second half of the year it becomes really fast paced and interesting. And I enjoyed it. I think they might have gotten tripped up by the fact that you know this year was all about the presidency and actually that period of time between the election and and the actual inauguration and i think the writers and producers were ex- fully expecting that they were going to be producing and airing this show under a clinton administration and then they didn't wow and that that meant the tone perhaps might have changed the show was all about a female president now granted this was a female president who uh you know there were there a lot of questions about, uh, you know, Russia leaks, and and it was it, it was a very timely season as as Homeland always well, remind is. Remind everybody. I mean, what happens on that show is that they go to Washington, the writers and the showrunners and the, the lead director, someone like Leslie Lincoln Gladder. They all go and do this intense research. So they were ahead of the oh, curve. Always ahead of the in curve in so many ways. But yeah. this one element was beyond their comprehension. Yeah, yeah, and mine. <laughs> I might add. Right. But, but nonetheless, the, the, the president character was not at all a Hillary-like character. Uh, and, and if anything, it was more Trump-like in that she uh, was was openly battling the uh, uh, the intelligence community, just like Trump. So in some ways, she was kind of an amalgamation of both Clinton and Trump. And that was very timely as well. And I don't know how much they got to start to lean into that because they were producing this show almost right up to air. So they were able to react, I think, a little bit to what was going on with Trump. But there, it was uncanny that the fact that, uh, you know, she ultimately, the president-elect, was in an out-and-out war with uh, Dara Dahl, you know, the head of the CIA. Well, they had and, all that Russia stuff. Yeah. We were aware of it before oh, yeah. the, the election. So, so a lot of that stuff was pre-existing. But uh, again, it was a very timely season. And I thought it was great. Um, so I know some people uh, did not like this season. I I loved it. So Well, we can save limited series for another time. But one last drama that I want to ask you about is Westworld. Yes. Which I thought would be a very strong contender, but it feels long ago and far away now. It does, and that's always the trouble of timing, and that's why you saw so many shows premiere in April this year. Uh, you know, back in the day, back in my old day, covering <laughs> this business for a while now, back in the old days, April was a dead zone. No, you did not premiere a show in April because people were, you know, it was daylight savings time, people were out. Uh, it was always about the fall shows yeah. back in the day. Yeah, and, and you just didn't want to. That's wanna, no longer the case. You didn't want to premiere anything in April because then your show would end up in the summer and no one was watching TV in the summer. And oh, those are the days. That's all changed. Wow. And now if you've got a prestige show, you premiere it in April because that's when you can use your marketing to not only market the show, but also market 
Emmy for your consideration. But this binge thing you're describing with Netflix gives them an even better advantage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Netflix and, and Amazon and Hulu are able to even top it. So that's why you've seen so much stuff premiere. So many shows return, too. That's why we're in the middle of Better Call Saul, middle of Fargo, Americans is finishing up. Uh, you know, all these shows that are, you know, Emmy bait uh, now air in the late spring. So, um, Oh my so God, Westworld. I forgot what you were saying. Westworld, thank you. Um, so Westworld was like last year. It seems so long ago. I think It the, was a hit, though. I mean, it, it, it's gorgeously yeah. mounted. It was a hit. It was gorgeous. And Ed Harris was great. Yeah. And, and, and I think... Evan Rachel Wood was great. I think from a crafts perspective, it'll do quite well. I think this is where HBO does have to spend some money. Uh, from a MEFYC perspective, they're doing a lot of events. Um, I think, you know... Another sleeper that I don't know if even HBO realized that, that The Leftovers would get as much attention as it has. The media has been all over it, not just our own Ben Travers, well, the I, our, lover of all lovers of <laughs> Leftovers. Ben is in front. He was. The rest of the media is behind no, him, no, but Ben's in front but still. But even Emily Nussbaum yeah. has come around, and I know that Paste loves the show. Oh, our old Matt Brennan is there. A lot of people yeah. are loving the show. And talk about perfect timing for the Emmys, right? So Mm -hmm. we're talking about this right when it matters the most. And so I think even though Westworld seems to be HBO's best spot for for Emmy love, given that Game of Thrones isn't around, uh, don't don't, don't sleep on the leftovers. Uh, That that could uh, pleasantly surprise as well. All right. On that note, I think we should wrap up and save some ammunition for later. Exactly. We'll start on our uh, week-to-week, category-by-category schedule. Looking forward to it, Anne. Thanks. Thanks. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.